Right, well, before we get started on Season 3, Episode 1 of the new season of How to Make a Video Game with Auric Digital, we're going to hand over very quickly to our new sponsor for this season. Isn't that exciting, Matthew Walker? Amen. Amen, indeed. Under CTI. You can say that it stands for comprehensive technological innovation or maybe compassionate total involvement from the people who care. The all new, new, new 0.625 spot guided gas week oil 7 shot automatic hanger. We show you how to show them who's box on. Right. That was, um, sponsors, yo. I'm not sure where I am right now. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if I maybe need to speak to the biz dev team potentially about, <laughs> about their choice of sponsorship options, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that another time. My name is Matt Davis. I'm the marketing and community manager here at Auric Digital, joined by my partner in crime. Matthew Gentech Walker, <laughs> uh, music designer, sound designer, uh, co-prez <laughs> sort of <laughs> sort of uh maybe i am seeing a connection here somehow um so uh math matthew and i have uh just come back from the lovely tobacco docks in mm. london after our visit down to uh eject Rest. good, event. good I, event i really enjoyed it this year G- give me give me a brief overview if you've never heard of eject Rez before what is it so eject Rez is a great game convention where there are tons and tons of games to play indie games uh AAA games um it's a really great place to meet and greet there's seminars there's lectures there's cosplay there are excellent pizzas to be had i didn't have a pizza um i, I actually didn't either um, right. i went to Smell one nice. end I, <laughs> smelled great. I went to one end yeah. just towards the end of the day I went to one end they didn't have any right it, the whole place was bookended by the same sh- stall yeah there's no one down the other i went there they didn't have any either so, <laughs> so people like pizza there smells great but be get the but get, get the first get, get there early yeah, get there early. early um so we were there well uh Matthew Walker was there in his own personal capacity. Uh, Auric Digital were there to do a little bit of uh, journalistic sniping. <laughs> that's a very polite way. That's a very polite way of putting it. But uh, uh, so we didn't actually have a stand as Auric Digital, but uh, we were there to show off uh, a game called Dark Future: Blood Red States. I've, I've heard a little bit about this game. Have you this... heard a little bit? About it? Well, if you haven't, this is the best podcast to listen to because <laughs> you will find out way more about it. But we were talking about it, uh, and we are re- well. Basically, we were showing it off to journalists to see what they're going to look like because. Mm previews might be going out so i can't really talk too much about it so yeah. if i give away too much details then be more general consensus thing. general consensus what's the aura surrounding the aura, their, their the aura surrounding it is very positive oh, good very positive but um because we are chugging towards a release sooner rather than later uh there's lots of stuff that needs to go on there's some machinations behind the scenes of like when you know journalists Mm. need to review stuff and see stuff and so they get early builds and blah 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 and also we can kind of show it off to them in a bit of a way but um but yeah it was it was quite it was a good event i enjoyed it it was quite nice but that was your first your first go your first go at it yeah first go going to eject i mean i got a lot of people to wish list the game which Mm. you can do now by the way Mm -hmm. if you haven't wish list dark future go on steam have a look on there um and get involved in the forums as well because we'd start to do a lot more chatty stuff on there so if you have a strong opinions on car combat then (laughs) turns out there's a lot of dark future fans out there a lot of dark future fans Mm. a lot of dark future fans Mm -hmm. so the beta weekend well we can we can talk about 
on the beta weekend at the point. But but yeah, so so that's what that's what I was there for. Uh, at hustle some people to wish this game and listen to this podcast. So we may even have some listeners. I, f- I feel sorry for these students I did this podcast with. And uh, yeah, I don't know what on earth <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I gave them one of our business cards, so maybe they're listening. And if you are, please get in touch with me. Go on the website and look for my details because <laughs> like, I'd like to say hello and just work out what on earth I said to you. <laughs> How was the rest of your weekend? Uh, no, it was, it was very good, very, very good. I, I had a very interesting uh, recording session on the Friday, which won't go into too much detail, but yep. um, it left me feeling very pumped. Have you ever spoken to people and they're just so passionate about something that uh, it becomes really infectious? Oh, no, I was like, going to say the opposite, because whenever you talk about sound, I'm just like... Oh. Uh, that sound <laughs> stuff again. No, but, you know, it's the same thing when you walk into the into, into the Oracle office. You mm. know, you, you could talk about something really specific. Like, um, I know that in, uh, I think it's episode three, we're going to yep. be talking to some of the team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the dark future yeah. team and we're getting uh, some of the programmers on yeah, some of the designers yeah, yeah. and when you talk to them about just like physics or design or other elements of, of, mm, of game development mm. like it's so infectious the, the way that they talk about stuff um, they've got that not... passion haven't they yeah yeah, 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 yeah and, and yeah. it might not be anything you know a great deal about but mm. it's like wow I'm, I'm so yeah, pumped yeah. for this thing now, yeah you know? yeah um yeah, so well, I mean, we, we we've already alluded to the vague understanding of what the, the, this season, but but yeah, rather than it being as we have done with our previous seasons, where we've kind of gone through a lot of different topics, this season will be much more focused on one very specific thing. Yeah, so we will be focusing very much on Dark Future Blood Red States, which you can wish list now on Steam. Go on board and do that right away. Uh, I just got to get the marketing hustle out of the way. Just got to do it. <laughs> hey, you're saying it like it's a bad thing. No, exactly. I, I expect it. I, I expect you to bring it every episode. Come on. <laughs> well, you've hung out with me outside of work and you've already still seen that I still bring it yeah. outside of work. So yeah, that's true. Never, never step by alone. But <laughs> uh, we'll be doing a bit more of a dive into, so the Chains of War episode, we did a deep dive into the game. Mm-hmm. But this time we're now doing like a season dive into not just Dark Future, but Car Combat, yeah. Car Combat movies, Car Combat fiction, yeah. games, board games. Uh, we may even have some interesting guests potentially coming on to talk to us so there's a lot of stuff it's a lot to cram into three or four episodes perhaps you might pad it out who knows i think yeah i think it will probably be maybe maybe extend a little longer than we were before but um the main thing to do uh we're going to start now by giving everybody a bit of a history on car combat as a genre in general so we're going to be covering a lot of points and we're bringing in the uh encyclopedia or Oroclia. Orochidia. Orochidia. Hitchhiker's Guide to Oroch. <laughs> that's what I like it is. That. Yeah, that's, so good. That's, good. Say, yeah. that's good. So, uh, uh, which is Thomas Rawlings, mm-hmm. uh, a regular guest on the show. Um, but he'll be talking to us about a, a lot of stuff to do with Cock Combat. And I suppose we should just sort of dive in you know just one last thing you know when uh thomas touched on uh like he there's he 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 resides on the west wing of yes. the mother base yes. that yeah, is yeah, our yeah, digital yeah. right and yeah. normally kind of rocks up in this yeah. sort of gotta tank. go through the hot tubs and the sauna rooms yeah exactly right <laughs> so, he rocks up in this tank with like yeah. uh, with his face on the side yeah, saying yeah. rawlings just with thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up um i'm expecting to do exactly that but rock up in like an interceptor today with a huge Maybe. engine bursting out the, I think it's at the front a, i think it's an laser airship. cannon yeah it's an airship that's built to look like <laughs> or an like interceptor. a blimp yeah almost yeah yeah Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I can actually see him on the horizon now. Oh, here, here, he he comes, comes here he comes in. Coming through. So. <laughs> 
great. Okay, so we're here. Uh, we're now going to be going into the into the more detail about what we were talking about today, which is going into car combat, film, game, the whole the whole, the whole thing, jazz, <laughs> every single thing. And yeah. who else better than Auric Digital's own Wikipedia, <laughs> Thomas Rawlings? <laughs> Welcome back. Have you ever been referred to as Auroch's own Wikipedia before? That must I, be new. I haven't, no, but that would be like an Aurochopedia. <laughs> but but I, I should say, like, in, in, in working on this game and, you know, and chatting with some of the fans out there, I realise I actually don't know anywhere near as much as I thought I did. Um, so if anything we say, uh, I think anybody thinks of anything we've missed or anything, you know, wants correction, I think we're more than happy to, you always, know, always. stick please, that on the show yeah, notes or please, whatever. Yeah, please get in contact with us and correct us where, where, where we haven't maybe said these things are the best. We're, or we're making it sound like we're going to make tons of mistakes now <laughs> and just upset so many um, people. No, well, I, I think because because it's a it's a big field in terms of the kind yeah. of the influences and exactly wh- where you draw lines between different things yeah. uh, you know we're definitely not going to cover everything but but I, I suppose what i feel is it's the stuff that certainly i as a you know designer and a producer working on the game have looked at and thought and a lot of it goes back into my own past of things that i also encountered sometimes you know when they came out sometimes a bit after but they've definitely you know inspired me in various ways yeah well let's start from the top then shall we let's go let's go to the thing that most people know about car combat which i would argue is going to be film so where 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 does it all start where does it all begin when when do we start seeing yeah. car combat well i mean you've got you've got a, a you know some quite important film so i'd say there's elements that go into it and one of them is this kind of road movie you've heard the term road movie-esque thing and it's about you know people out in this desolate maybe underpopulated maybe sparsely populated place and it's it's a big part of you know as you covered just before it's a part of that vibe and i think there's a couple of films that have that sense in them even though they're not pure car combat as as we later come to understand it so like Easy Rider, which is 69, you know, it's about these two two guys on motorbikes traveling across America. And, you know, it, it's it's a very, it's a classic road movie, you know, in that sense. And I, I, I feel that it's such an important film. It's such a seminal piece of cinema. It's hard not to see that that wouldn't have influenced the filmmakers who would make stuff to follow from that. And again, you, you've got things like Duel, which is... Um, which interestingly was written by Richard Matheson, who who wrote the I Am Legend. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in that, like a, a an enormous lorry terrorizes this driver. And again, it's not in a post-apocalyptic setting, but it is the idea that once you're out in the wilds, yeah, you know, yeah. that it's a bit more lawless, a bit more anything goes, and and that's quite frightening. And then there's a an Australian film, and Australia has what, an important role in car and one combat. One of my favourite titled films in this. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. So, yeah. yeah, the cars that ate Paris, and and yeah, I should note Paris is the town. <laughs> yeah, not not the not the, the capital place. of yeah. France. And, yeah, and that, that's a few years later, seventy four. Um, so so I think I think they deserve kind of honourable mentions as as things that you know that that's on the road to car combat. You see there, we, we're going to do a lot of puns about you know, yeah, how, how that works. Yeah, but yeah, the big one is obviously is. I think two films, uh, Death Race 2000, uh, made in 75, and Mad Max, made in 79. Yes. And and this is, yeah, both of those, this is where you see these kind of core elements that, that, that you you know, that you touched on before, civilization collapsing, uh, the rise in violence, you know, the, the, the fact that this violence becomes reflected on the roads, you know, the, the thing that we're used to is just purely functional, that a way to get goods from A to B and people, suddenly they become these places of violence and conflict and combat. 
Um, and so I think both of those films are really quite important to note on, on our journey to understanding car combat culture. And I, do you know what? I think it's probably probably an opportune moment to maybe have a bit of a, a bit of listen potentially to, uh, to to some of the sounds from that trailer. From let, 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 let let's pick one and just let's go with the first one. Let's just go with Death Race and have a little bit of a little bit of a listen to what it was like at that trailer. The year 2000. America is a vast speedway. People line the streets to witness the greatest drivers on earth in a race from sea to shining sea. This is a death race. You finish first, or not at all. Death race 2000. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, if I mean, any... that was That's cool. That's very <coughs> <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> I, I feel that. like I've stolen your line there, Matt, because you're always the one that says everything's super cool. Uh, do I? Oh, <laughs> yeah. right, okay. Uh, no, I mean, those kind of trailers are just, they're, they're something else. Mm. I just love how kind of over the top and almost, I, I don't know, there's something kind of A-level production about it. Yeah, but very B-movie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Oh, well, they, they <laughs> are, and, and I think that's one of the great, they are classic B-movie. If ever mm, yeah. you had to define what a B-movie is, then Death Race 2000 is like ticks every box. Uh, everything from the the guy who created it is a, a legendary in the film business guy called Roger Corman. Um, and if you've not seen the film, it's basically the idea of this transcontinental road race where there's a new sport of racing your cars across and you get points for violence. It kind of has that Carmageddon-y vibe in it. Um, and again, they've got these... A cross, though, between wacky races and... Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Get it, yeah, it? no, yeah. De- definitely. But I, I think I think the the, the characterisation of it, because they're very wrestlery, mm. I thought mm. that would appeal to you. Yes, no, it's definitely, most definitely. <laughs> I mean, if anyone doesn't know, Matt, you, you've got a bit of a, a, a connection to wrestling. Uh, yes, I have uh, I have previous with uh, with the professional wrestling industry, having worked and written in it for a little while before. That That and is news to me, and that is that's content for another know, there day. There you go, there you go. This is something we need to, we need to dig into in a deeper in a deeper dive into stuff but 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 let's get into when i when i say wacky races what am i talking about when i say that well i think wacky races i mean i actually we should have looked up when wacky races was made i'd I'd be interested to know if it was post or pre um death race 2000 i would i would definitely say pre i am not an expert but i would definitely (laughs) say that's pre i see i guess post really guess post but i we, yeah, we we should look at that for the next episode. Um, but yeah, you got these kind of wrestler like characters, Machine Gun Joe, um, you know, Calamity Jane, who's like a cowgirl, and the steers horns on the car. And it's slightly cartoony, but it's an undeniably violent film. Yeah. You know, there, there's like extra points for running over old people, kind of yeah, you know, thing yeah. in it. Um, and then it was remade in in 2008 as Death Race. They dropped the 2000 because we had passed the year 2000. <laughs> um, and then there was a bunch of sequels, Death Race 2, Death Race 3, Inferno, and Death Race Beyond Anarchy, um, which I haven't seen. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm going to say something quite heretical here for some people who are listening to this podcast. Uh, and I mentioned this over on Steam. So if you haven't gone over to Steam and wishlist the game, we're talking quite a lot about car combat on our .future page. You can go have a nosy at that. But one of the things that I personally think is that I much prefer the remake to the old one, Death Race 2000, oh, the Jason oh, Statham one, yeah. I, th- yeah. I think you've I, just cut I, I Tom deep <laughs> No, man, no, I'm I think it's original. Good. I think it's really, really good. No, I really I'm, like, I'm... I've seen both. I saw 2000 first, and then I saw the remake when it came out in 2008, and I was like, I should quite like this. It's well, anyway, good. thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Gotta go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's a good point, though, because sometimes when, when the reboot uh, or remake kind of surpasses the original, I mean, you, you always have to say the for me, I always have to say the original is, is this more superior film because without it, you wouldn't have the reboot. Mind my, my, my you, I should point out the uncomfortable fact that we, we are doing a reboot of Dark Future. So, <laughs> yeah. so if, if we're like, the original's always better. We just we just painted ourselves into a corner. Uh, I we should have had an official line. Like, 
It, they're always Except, equally as good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different in their own ways. <laughs> yeah. uh, just out of interest as well, 68 wacky races. So you win. Tom. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah, 68. Oh, right, right, okay. Well, according to Wikipedia, uh, no, of course. I lost. I thought, of course. Okay, I thought I said later, but okay. No, you didn't. You no, yeah. said well, Yeah, I said pre. Yeah, so, so Death Race, like I said, Death Race, because it's a B movie, it has this, you know, undeniable comedy element to it, you know, this kind of very dark humor. Mm. Um, but then we come to a film that I think is very different in the sense there's no humour in it. And I would say probably universally loved in the car combat world. Yes. So uh, I think we should we should boot that up just quickly so we can all know what we're talking about. Tomorrow in a world gone mad. <laughs> the only law will be a renegade squad of suicidal cops. He's my prisoner and he's not walking out that door. And the open road will be controlled by gangs of glory roaders. Max is a cop. One of the best. Mad Max. Who else? I mean, what what a movie. One thing I've what a never... series of movies. Oh, oh yeah, crikey. I mean, one thing I've never quite understood, though, and we, when you watch the original, mm. like, it's so, like, low budget, so indie, so small, and uh, Mel Gibson's accent is so, so Australian. <laughs> and then by the time you get to, of course, Fury Road was, was a slightly different, but even when you get to uh, Thunder... Dome? Beyond the Thunder, Beyond, Beyond the Thunder, Thunder. Yeah. like it's just a vastly different film yeah. for me. Yeah. Like because it's the production is so yeah. huge by that yeah. point. Yeah. I, I think also that the setting for me, what I find interesting, the setting has changed a lot. So in the original Mad Max, I would argue the setting is is a little more conversant with what you see in Dark Future. In that, yeah, things are going to shit. Um, the systems are falling apart. You know, society is starting to decay, mm. but it's still there. There are yeah. still hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. There are still shops. There are still all, all these things. Whereas by the time you get to certainly, um, you know, Mad Max 2, which was also called The Road Warrior, uh, Beyond the Thunderdome, and definitely in um, uh, Fury Road, th there's nothing left of civilization. It's, right. it's all, you know, all that's left is the gangs, and it's totally post apocalyptic. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I find that, that that's pretty interesting how it's done. But the other thing that I think you get in. Mad Max a lot more than in Death Race is these kind of kit-bashed cars. Yeah, uh, yeah. And again, you see it much more in Mad Max 2 onwards. Yeah. Where, you know, they're like somebody's doing a great line and let's weld a load of spikes to cars, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, I, I would say it, it's hard not to see that there's some inspirational link between the cars that ate Paris, which was this kind of merging of metal and machine, yeah, yeah. and the kind of kit-bashed cars you see in, in the later Mad Max and, films. And they've become quite... I mean, I would almost say that they're the definition of what... When people think car combat, they think of a kit-bashed type combo of stuff, and they're going... Oh my word! That's that's car combat in my head. Not now with Death Race. What that has is a lot of like they've attached think like guns and weaponry yeah. to the top of the cars. Whereas you know the Mad Max movies, some of them look like they they're pieced together by one nut and bolt. That's gonna, if it falls off, the whole <laughs> thing's going to collapse. Yeah. Well, well, that's it. And again, it has that because of the post-apocalyptic thing. As everything's fallen apart, everything has to be kit bashed. It's like that. There's there's the necessity of doing it that way because everything else is gone. And I, and I think both of these films, uh, you know, when you when you watch both these films, it's hard to escape something that I think we we have to touch on, sort of coming into the real world briefly, which is the the 1973 oil crisis. Yeah. And it's like, well, why are we talking about that? I think a lot of the car combat um, stuff that was made in the like the the mid to late 70s and beyond into the 80s, I think that that political event had such a seismic effect. 
Uh, and clearly, if you read the, you know, if you read about the people who made the films, you know, several of them talk about yeah. how this impacted them. That I think it's worth touching. Now, I'm not old enough. I am old, and I think I'm the <laughs> oldest in in the podcast room. But I'm not old enough to. I, I didn't live through it. I, I wasn't born when when this happened. So you know, I went back and took a nose at it. OPEC, the organization of oil producing countries, which has quadrupled the price of crude oil in two years and thrown the industrial world into grave turmoil, opens another ministerial meeting tomorrow in Vienna. And, and basically, there was a kind of there's an oil production group called uh, OPEC, which was most of the main oil producing nations. Um, as part of a political conflict, they decided to basically. Um, reduce production and thereby bumping the price of oil from three dollars a barrel to 12 and that had this massive knock-on effect understandably um, and what you saw in certainly in western countries and certainly in the states is suddenly there was petrol rationing people were queuing for hours to get their car uh, and all these other factors come into play but it created conflict and tension and, and I think a lot of people saw you know at the time this, this like okay this is the beginning of the end this is when civilization starts to crumble you know our over-reliance on oil is is very plain to see and and again so i think that's something to bear in mind as we go through the other stuff is that that must have impacted those writers in the same way that you know creating stuff now we've we've had different impacts we've had some of the same impacts yeah. um but also there are different impacts uh, about how we do stuff hmm. um but but we'll come to that later yeah um, well, because I, I was going to say actually, but I suppose this is the thing: is like you have to um, you have to understand something, a lot of things within the context of where they're coming from, and so that era of you know Adam Curtis talks about this a lot in his documentaries about saying like just before nine eleven there were loads of movies around like big incidents and big terror things happening because that was what the worry was that was what the the, mm. the, the nerve was and so so films and TV shows are, are reflecting mm. the worries of the world in their art and in their form and so car combat was a very logical thing for them yeah, in and yeah, around yeah. that time in the 70s and 80s because like you said people were all reliant on these cars and all reliant on oil and suddenly it was like what would happen if it all went it's, it's like it's like my my recent if we were doing one now it would be about like a spate of mobile phones going missing and then <laughs> how the world will implode if you don't have your mobile phone <laughs> well i mean yeah it, it i think absolutely science fiction is has always and is still a really great means to explore our own fears and concerns and and, and also hopes for how things can change and i think that that's one of the things that's always done really well and continues to do well and i think often you can find a a, a better more nuanced dialogue about political events within science fiction than you can actually find in the fictional accounts because in the fictional accounts it's often sorry in the non-fiction because it's often so close to what's happening that people oh, you can't say that we can't talk about that yeah. yet once you, you once you kind of pass it through a filter of fiction and suddenly it's in space or it's in a, an alternative yeah. version of the world now we can talk about these things yeah. Um, so yeah I mean that that's definitely one of the things that's always attracted me to a lot of the science fiction I've enjoyed is how it is unafraid to take those issues of reality but with that interesting spin so when um, let's uh let, let's dive into that sci-fi element somewhat a bit more with the with everyone's favorite medium for science fiction some would argue uh which is the written word so you know like we've, we've talked a lot about the movies and and, and you know w when people do talk they do talk death race and they do talk mad max and we do understand those and have those understandings in our head but but what about written fiction like car combat has been involved there somewhere we we got we got lots of stuff to draw on from that yeah there's, there's so again uh, you know some of this stuff i'd i'd read and come across before and others i hadn't um but i, I found it very interesting there's a guy called uh ib melt 
Melchior, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and he wrote a short story called The Racer, uh, and The Racer was the kind of underpinnings of Death Race 2000, um, but interestingly, that that was published way before Death Race 2000 in 1956, so Death Race kind of takes that oil crisis stuff and merges it with The Racer to create what it, you know, what came out of it. Yeah. Um, also, going back a little bit further, in 1971, um, so a couple of years again before the oil crisis, uh, a, a guy called Dean Allen Foster wrote a short story called "Why Johnny Can't Speed," uh, and that was clearly an inspiration in the dark in the Car Wars, the uh, Steve Jackson game's brilliant Car Wars yeah. game. Um, and apparently, th- there was a, a version of that short story was included in the original 1980 edition. Yeah, right, okay. And again, I haven't been able to find a copy of it, mm. so um, I would I'd love to get hold of both those stories to read them. Mm. One I do have and and have read. Um, which again, it's a little bit later, but it's a great, if you're into car combat, it's a, it's a good novel to enjoy called The Glass Hammer, okay. uh, written by a guy called uh, K.W. Jetta. They're all great Jeta. Yeah, yeah how do you pronounce it? Yeah. Sci-fi um, writers always do, they, don't they? <laughs> yeah, so his full name is great. It's Kevin Wayne Jeta. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so slightly John Wayne sounding. Um, but yeah, The Glass Hammer is this kind of cyberpunk car combat novel uh, and it's the I'm main character, yeah, is, is a thing called a sprinto. He's like a delivery driver, and there's government satellites trying to destroy him. And he's he's carrying chips to the black market, and and within the novel, he becomes like a cult like figure in this dystopian future. Again, the society still exists in that, a bit like the sort of setting of Mad Max and Dark Future. It's not all completely gone. Um, but again, what it does is it it also has that interesting of that 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 weird mix of the entertainment value of you know the reality that the kind of the, the violent reality combined with the necessity of you know road travel combined with the violence of it all yeah um and i believe now we're going to do like a little bit of a, a little bit of an excerpt from there i thought it might be a good idea to to talk about that yeah yeah we'll read a little bit from the book before the run everyone at the phoenix loading zone did a private head count sitting on the fenders of the cars working through the first of the night's cases Beer sweats in the warm air tinged with a sharper acridity. An element injected as last night. All the counts started with minus one, permanently subtracted in a burst of fire. The total going on this run would depend upon the subtler calculation of fear. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit more about Freeway Fighter? Yeah, um the so Freeway Fighter is is slightly different. It's a obviously it's a it's a book. But it's a fighting fantasy book, so it's one of these books where you know you turn to different numbered paragraphs, do your thing. What was cool about it is you is so it's like a single player role playing game book, um, but you have your car and you have your character and you have to bring back supplies across a post apocalyptic USA. Um, what's great about it is it was written by Ian Livingston, mm-hmm. who's obviously a game design legend um, and who very kindly opened the Bristol Games Hub where we are recording this now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice nice to have that connection. Um, he co-founded Games Workshop, and so, yeah, he'll be coming back into uh, what we do later. But I, I remember, so this is where, again, I, around the time I was a massive fan of the Fighting Fantasy books, I had Freeway Warrior, I loved it. Um, it it's it's a it's a great game book if you're looking for one. I, I, would, it, I think it's still in print because they, they reissued them several oh, cool. times, so check it out. I was going to say that, that brings us on quite nicely then. So we're around this sort of time, around in the, the 80s, 88, 89 era. See, I'm I'm still somewhere around about 1971 trying to catch up with you guys. Like, there's so much well, stuff is we, we, right. We're speeding down the highway of nice. car combat. Thank like you it. very much. Thank like you. Yeah. Very good. There we go. Speeding down. Straight so in. Very good. Very approaching good. our next pit stop. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a rather 
seminal moment for us as a company, I suppose, happens in 1988 before any of us even knew that well, Aura Digital was a thing at that yeah, time. Yeah, but I want to jump. Yeah, I think just just before, like, because around the same time, just while we're on the game books, it's worth noting uh, there's a series of four books by uh, an author called Joe Dever called the Freeway Warrior series. Uh, I haven't actually played those, and what's notable about those is they use the same system for his lone wolf game books mm. now i did play those at the time i was a big fan of the lone wolf books where they were different from the fighting fantasy is apart from the slightly different rule system is the same character carried on so you would start like the the first lone wolf book you would you would play the lone wolf character yeah. and as you accumulated equipment and stats and bonuses you would then take that character into book two. Oh, cool that's so cool. is it like this this campaign thing yeah, yeah, i yeah. don't know if that's in in yeah, that's really cool. freeway fighter but i assume so but um yeah so it's kind of added those onto my wouldn't mind getting hold of a list to have yeah, a look yeah. at so so cool <laughs> which which this isn't just a podcast of things no it's been, no, it's been my shopping list <laughs> Uh, for the stuff I don't have, um, but yeah, that they, those were published between eighty eight and eighty nine, and as you rightly said, that brings us into the same decade and the same years when Dark Future launches. And I mean, you know, Dark Future is. I mean, it. it we're, we're we're now going to have a have a have a brief overview of of of, of bits of Dark Future here, and we're going to talk a lot about Manet. But um, it, it's weird to think back in the day, like you know, like we spent so much time and effort on this game for for such a long time. But back in 1988, they never had any envisagement that this was there was going to be a group of people in 2019 being like, we are we are nearly well, ready given, to release. Yeah, this given that, given when they created it, they set it in 1995. <laughs> it's almost like they didn't expect civilization to get that far. <laughs> Oh, how they were wrong. Yeah, and then when they rebooted it, I think they set it all in 1999. Um, Beautiful. <laughs> for the Millennium, and uh, when they did some... Uh, there's some stuff in the Millennium, but yeah, I, I mean, to me, it was always like, let's just take that. It's always... Because it's an alternative timeline, and it's set, you know, sort of uh, like a decade or so after wherever you are now. It's that it's that near future, alternative near future. It was quite funny actually when um, Warhammer TV, for, uh, the guys over at the licensing uh, show, did a little promo of uh, Dark Future showing some screenshots and other mm. bits and bobs. And it was quite funny actually because they looked at the the notes we'd given them and they said, "In the future of 2028." Oh, that's <laughs> that's, <not laughs> yeah, that's like really <laughs> soon. Um, but before we go into the game itself, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd like to just look overview the bit about the the the, the fiction that came around yeah dark so i think i think in a later podcast we're going to cover the dark future game in much more detail absolutely but, but if any of you are games workshop fans uh, like like ourselves um then you'll know that what games workshop often do is they'll publish like a rule book and in that rule book there'll be little narrative segments uh, and then those kind of little narrative segments which set the tone of dark future which we, we will come on to they obviously expanded out a lot of those ideas and then got a bunch of writers in to, to turn that into a fully fleshed world so basically in 1990, we see the first of those novels uh, called, um, well, actually a collection of short stories called Route 666, edited by David Pringle. Um, and, and that's later reprinted by Black Flame, which was Games Workshop's then non-kind of Warhammer imprint. They also then put out a, a full-length novel called Demon Download by Jack Yeovil, who's the pen name of the writer and cricket, Kim, uh, critic, cricket? Uh, writer and critic, Kim Newman, mm -hmm. uh, which if you've read his um, his kind of alternative uh, Dracula setting novels, they're, they're yep. great. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm a big fan of those. Very good. Um, but yeah, so in the first the first full novel really sets out this kind of again it's got this black humor, this strange apocalyptic dystopian America with the gang cults, 
your violence obsessed media it also has which is different to all the other car combat stuff which we, we can touch on mm -hmm. the idea of something's going on with the laws of physics like there's something happening to reality that is much yeah. more pervasive yeah uh that slightly supernatural element now before anyone puts your tin foil hat on <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not it's we, we discussed this previously on chainsaw warrior <laughs> where is there a direct connection um well I, I think it's important to say i think we'll cover that in the next bit in a bit more i'm, I'm deliberately sidestep well i think i think it's it's hard there was a lot of stuff going on with games workshop at the time and, and 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 i don't know but it's hard not to see some interesting parallels and maybe they are just in how they approach stuff but as a fan looking from the outside in there's a lot of cool stuff in yeah. there that I think we'll touch on. Um, but I'll just run through some of the novels because, again, also games were uh, the Dark Future setting when they started doing the novels. And, in fact, it's in the original rule books, but they've, they've sort of fleshed them out. Is You've got the, you know, the, the kind of shadowy corporate giants who are really running things mm -hmm. like Gentech, ZBC, which is a, obviously a play on the BBC, mm -hmm. Houseman, AG, GMEC, and Thalamus Corporation. And these are these big. And they're, they're like playing a mega game of chess over the whole U.S., mm -hmm. um, but I'll note a couple. I'll note a couple of the no things in the novels that are of interest. So, also in 1990, there's a novel called Crocodile Tears, but spelled the K, mm. and it introduces this gang cult member um, called Jazz Boo. That's a great um, name. Yeah, Jasmine, that, that sounds like a 1920s. Yeah, or well, something. It, ha it has that thing. Yeah. Uh, well, full name is Jessamine uh, Jazzbo, which is her sort of um, nickname, uh, Bonnie, and she is a distant relation of of a historical figure. Uh, and it also um, has sex scenes in it. And I don't think there's many Games Workshop products that do that. No. I don't know if, if we're allowed to keep <laughs> that in. any. <laughs> if you're listening to this, they've either not noticed or yeah. they've let us keep it in. Um, <laughs> then the, also one of my favorites is Comeback Tour uh, with Jack Yeovil, where we meet a super famous singer, but in this hmm. alternative timeline where rock and roll never really recovered from the riots, which we'll, we'll cover that later. The rock and roll riots, it never becomes a big cultural force. And so, you know, this 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 character is now a sanctioned operative who's out there, but he's like a nice sanctioned operative. He yeah. runs the Hound Dog Agency, <laughs> so you can guess who it is. Um, so, yeah, it'd be nice to have a little bit of a quote from one of the books so you can get a sense of what they're like. And so this bit here is from Route 666, the full novel, not not the collection of short stories. Uh, and it's a quote from ZBC, which is the, the TV station, the main TV station. They do this nostalgia new, news trivia where they're looking back to the 2010s uh, and, and, you know, kind of, you know, waxing lyrical about what happened back then. Uh, so here we go. Hardacre. One such as our next guest, Colonel Elvis Presley. Presley, it's a pleasure to be here, son. Hardacre, thank you, Colonel. Some of us have parents who remember your name in a different context, that of a popular entertainer way back when. How did you get from there to here? Presley, I figure no one really recollects the old days, Mr. Hardacre. It was a world of time ago. I went in the army and turned my thinking around came out after my hitch was up. Didn't think what I saw back in civvies and went in again for a 40-year spell. I saw action in Central America, Bosnia, Afghanistan, Iraq, and a bunch of other countries that needed protecting. When I retired, I started up my hound dog agency. I figured things had changed a whole bunch more, not for the better, but one man could make a difference. That's what I see as the job of the sanctioned op, making the difference. 
so again, I'll touch on a couple of others. Golgotha Run by Dave Stone. Um, this is a great car combat novel because it's pure car combat. Some of the other novels do slightly different things, but this is great. And, and in fact, we we I think in the special edition of the game of mm. Dark Future, you'll get a copy of the ebook for this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the car the car in there has its own AI, and it's kind of off on one. Yeah. Uh, and that that AI was kind of an inspiration for how we wanted the game to feel using Easy Drive, our mm-hmm. our AI system in the game. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a there's a novel called the United States Cavalry, right. um, which was never never produced. You know, there's legends around it. It's produced by a local writer called Eugene Byrne, who mm. I've actually met. He's a Bristol-based writer. Um, oh, oh, sorry, United States Cavalry, which was never never produced. And then there was also uh, one called Violent Tendency, and that was, was the one that was, that was, was Eugene Byrne. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was lost. So you know, it's this kind of. It'd be interesting to see if we could dig that manuscript up somehow. Quite interesting, actually. Now, having having like spoken to quite a lot of people who are into Dark Future, as you know, remember it back in the day, and remember stuff. You, you kind of realise that we're we're slightly sitting on top of the gold mine of well, of Dark Future information. Yeah. But it but it but it's like it's like, and still we don't know <laughs> where these, well, these missing yeah, manuscripts are. These, these novels are all out of print now, and and we've converted one of them back into an ebook form, the Golgotha Run. Uh, and it would be nice to do more of them. I mean, Golgotha Run's a more recent one, which is a uh, Black Flame uh, published in two thousand five. Yeah. Um, some of these other ones are a bit older, so it'd be nice. Uh, I, I would like to do something with it, but you know, I should say that the, there's more complex moving parts to get this stuff out than than just turning them into ebooks. Um, but but you never know. Uh, yeah, and then the last one I think worth noting is Jade Dragon, which was by a uh, brilliant writer, James Swallow, who actually helped us out on the early narrative stuff of Dark Future Blood cool. Red States. Thank you very uh, much, James. <laughs> yes, and um, so, yeah, I, I mean, hopefully we, we'll get him, see if we can get him and hear a little bit about, that a little bit very, from him. very, very cool to be able to that do that. That would be mega. That would be mega, mega cool. Um, okay, so one thing that will well, probably probably a good chance to squeeze in another quote potentially in here somewhere yeah 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 i mean it's a great novel so um uh, and it's actually the only one of the novels not set in the continental us um so yeah let's let's let's, let's have a little listen to a bit of that lee's grin widened you should take a page from nicky nicky's book chen be polite like your sister he licked his lips do me a favor tell her i got a new shipment I'll give her a discount for a regular custom. Ko's punch landed squarely on Second's jaw, and he staggered backwards, bouncing off the parking meter. Ko's visions hazed red. You give that poison to my family, you piece of shit? Second recovered and sneered. Don't give it to her, Spooky. She pays for it. Ko threw himself at the bigger youth and swung out his anger, making the attack clumsy and poorly aimed. Second deflected the blow and landed a heavy fist in Ko's stomach. Ko recoiled, coughing. Is this guy not the dumbest fucker in the world? Second asked the assembled gangers. Brains of a wooden duck. Awesome. So, now we want to get into... I think that's probably closer to all of our hearts than, you know, film and books and all that other stuff, is games. So, car combat games. Yeah. Let's talk about them. There's a lot of car combat games, um, and I would say a lot of them a have... A lot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a fair chunk. And a lot of them are action games. Uh, they're, they're basically driving action games. And so when we talk about, like, all the video games and everything like that, we're not really going to cover all of them. Things like, you know, Carmageddon, Spy Hunter, um, because they're they're kind of, like I say, they're driving action games, and Dark Future is 
not, not a, a driving, driving game. game. Yeah, so make that super, <laughs> yeah. super clear. That is the motto. Well, that's it because it because it is a reboot and it comes from that legacy of action strategy games, mm. like the board games thing. I think really we want to kind of cover games that that have that either that that direct or indirect connection to the genre subject more than just anything that's got cars and guns in. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So going back in a bit of chronological order, we we start really in 1980 with the the incredibly classic Car Wars by Steve Jackson Games. Um. It's a it's a fantastic game. I have a later version of it. I don't have one of the original ones, which I would very much like at some point. Um, <laughs> add into the, the shopping list. Yeah, add into the shopping list. But yeah, it's so it's set in the second America. It's set post uh, an event called the Second American Civil War, where this new future sport of auto dueling emerges, uh, where drivers challenging each other to death matches. So yeah, Car Wars is a simulation of that sport, and we should mention there's a video game based on Car Wars. So it's not the first tabletop yep. game. A car combat tabletop game to get that treatment so back in 85 auto duel was made as a kind of action rpg yeah uh and apparently that inspired another game later on called interstate 76 mm -hmm. the 76 in the title is the alternative date setting where the oil crisis uh carries on so yeah. from 1973 it kind of carries on which is why it's important we mention it yeah um and interestingly that game used the mech warrior 2 engine all uh, right yeah okay so, a, bit, a bit, of, bit of a connection yeah, yeah. Jumping forward a few years from that, we get to 83, where we see Battle Cars. And this mm. is Games Workshop's first car combat game, yeah. uh, co-designed by Ian Livingstone. And we'll come back to this when we start to cover Dark Future in more detail, because yeah. we're just doing a bit of a chronological run-through, yeah. as I say. Um, but there's a few other Games Workshop games that I think we should note. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a game called... Uh, so, yeah, Dark Future obviously launched in 88, and then a good 20 years later... They did a Speed Freaks, mm -hmm. which was a kind of car combat orc game. I was going to say, 40K. that's much more 40k. Yeah, it's very 40k. Say, yeah. Um, then also there's a few other, I think, good car combat games that, that, that I would like to give honourable mention to. I was going to say, because there seems to be a bit more of a proliferation now of like sort of much more um, uh, open car combat type games these are the sort of yeah, ones, there's, so, yeah. There's, there's a lot so so osprey games do one called gaslands mm -hmm. uh it's a really good uh car on car like racing uh sort of like a car combat racing game set in a, again a kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian setting it, it's a kind of quite a light easy to play lots of opportunity for kit bashing the miniatures so that's great i see people like uh going to like car boot sales and stuff and scrabbling around yeah, for matchbox yeah, cars exactly being yeah, like right cool. i'm gonna do this that, that definitely seems to be a big part of the, the, yeah. the kind of fun of it is, is is making these these crazy contraptions uh there's a game called devil's run route 666 which um i saw at uk games expo i think two years ago and that that looked cool um, I saw in a, in a magazine, I came across a game called Maximilian 1934. Right. I actually Googled this just before we came. Oh, right. I, was talking, I was talking about this because I was like, I've never heard of this before. Like, what is it? It looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like a, a dystopian 1930s setting um with car combat and and so now when we, like, when we say that we're talking those really like old-fashioned racing cars the big long yeah, ones yeah. with the big long noses yeah, at the front yeah. and stuff like that but and with like machine guns mounted on them yeah an anti-tank gun on the back and one of them's got like goggles and visors and like his, his yeah exactly like, uh, it's, it's, scarf a, it's blowing quite in the a wind. fun <laughs> it's, it's a really fun idea like a mad maximilian sort of thing uh that looks quite fun i've not actually played the game but i have to say i love the models that looks fun um, and there's also a game called Wreck and Ruin, which I'd like to give an honourable mention to, which is more of a board game than a miniatures yeah. game. 
uh, we saw it at UK Games Expo, and that that also looks cool. So, and, and I'm sure other people, you know, can tell us a bunch of other uh, like physical games that we've missed, and maybe we can give honourable mention to. But there's a few others out there, but they're definitely the ones that have been on our radar. And so, if you have been listening to this, and there is something you think we've missed out on. Now, again, as 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 Tom pointed out earlier, there are lots that we purposefully missed out on. We didn't we've spoken about things like Twisted Metal and blah blah blah, all of that sort exactly, of stuff, yeah, you know. So game, even though they're great games, great great really good fun ones, but they they don't kind of fit into the narrative of what Dark Future is. But if there's anything because we are not, not a, a driving, driving game, game. <laughs> <laughs> which is the most important thing in the world. Uh, but when if you hear anything on this and you're like, oh, actually, I'd love to chip in and chime in, um, you can always get in contact with us via all the different channels. If you head over to our Steam page, uh, we've got in joining the discussions forum there. There is going to be plenty of talk about car combat, plenty, plenty, plenty more. Uh, favorite films, favorite TV shows, favorite books, favorite everything. So we're going to have a whole load of stuff that's going to be going in in one go. So. I think that's probably oh and wishlist and wishlist the game as well. That's also very easy. Yeah, really we'll easy put to the do. links that in it's, the show yeah, notes. and it's so yeah. easy to do. Like mm-hmm. if everyone hasn't done it, just go and click it. Just click the button. It's so easy. It's so simple. We're going to do it right now. Click done. <laughs> <laughs> Insert side uh, effect. <laughs> uh, Tom, I have a feeling we'll be seeing you very very soon. Mm. Uh, you will indeed. And as we go into the world of dark future true I'm, I'm not sure i'm ready for more tom just yet <laughs> i feel like i just had my head kicked in with just car combat with facts, <laughs> facts. tough facts. boom tough oh. you've been lasered in the head with like yeah, I've, just, I've just been rawlinged <laughs> you have just been yes you have just been uh smashed in a car crash of, of, of factual <laughs> car combat melee <laughs> Why do I feel like that's going to be the the the, the tagline for the next to the follow up to Dark Future? Yeah. <laughs> what someone yeah. just said. Yeah, that. Gosh. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Tom, and Thanks, we will Tom. see you very very soon. Uh... Well, there was a lot in that episode. I found myself throughout most of that as if it was. Imagine this. Mm. Picture this. Picture. Um, Thomas is is sat with a bunch of the Oroc team yep. around a campfire. Okay, <laughs> he might be telling us about you know car combat films yep. and uh, and 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 novels and whatnot. But imagine like it's this kind of campfire story. I found myself kind of looking up and just like with these 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 sparkles <laughs> in my eyes, just smiling, just like this. I'm on some sort of journey right now. I don't know where I'm going, but I you know just, the future's just, dark. Yeah, the dark, very good. Very, very, I'm proud of you. Thanks. And he, he had the same look when he got back on his airship <laughs> and disappeared away. <laughs> just went off into, into the sunset. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot in there. I mean, I mean, car combat's a, a fascinating subject. I mean, I, I, I know that there'll probably be a lot of people, and please feel free to, at Auroch Digital, mm-hmm. that's A-U-R-O-C-H-D-I-G-I-T-A-L, if I spell it correctly. Well done. Uh, and tell me how wrong I am by thinking that Death Race, the remake of Death Race, is better than the original. Because uh, I genuinely love it, but, but that is a debate that can go on for next time. So we're going to go in and have a look now in a bit more detail and a bit more depth around Dark Future, the game. The game. Where that came from. The board game. The board game. The board game. Yeah. Very important point. So the board game. And its origins, its how it came about, what it was, you know, what it was trying to do. And yeah. So I'm looking forward to that because I mean, like, I'm it's, really a, it, for it. it's 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 an older game. It's a, it's a lot. It's it's a really older game. One of the best things I'm enjoying about this process at the moment. Can I tell you a little story? Obviously. Okay. So not just Dark Future. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, Games Workshop stuff in general. Yes. Warhammer, all the rest of it. Um, I was a big fan as a kid. Yeah. Big fan as a kid. Um, but that 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 relationship was cut short 
Oh, should I tell you why? Yes, please tell do. Tell you really quickly. So I was painting. I've always been this kind of um this 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 hybrid between the the, the jocks, the football guys, yeah, yeah. and nerds. Yeah, yeah. I've always been this hybrid. Yeah. I've always got on with with both crowds, and I was also hybrid at school. And I met this guy, and he he what was, was a big fresh music earlier. Uh, too much of a loser for the cool kids. Yes, too cool yes, for the losers. Thank you. <laughs> um, I met this uh, this guy at school, and um, and he was big into games workshop stuff. Stuff, and I was like, oh, what's, what's this? What is this stuff? So I started getting into the miniatures. And one Saturday morning, after spending maybe three months, every Saturday going to his house, we paint stuff. Then I go home in my little lunchbox. I was yeah, like maybe yeah, ten years yeah. old or something. And I, I came across the the local, you know, the local ruffians, um, uh, the hood, hoodlums, the, the hoodlums, just on a corner. This is like a, I don't know, one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And they were kind of teasing me, and I was ignoring it, just kind of walking across. And to cut a long story short, they they caught up with me, and they absolutely just wiped out all of my freshly painted what? orcs. Yeah, no. just out of my hands. Name and shame. Name this, and shame. <laughs> I, I can't remember their names. I, I wish I could because jokes on you guys. Yeah. Now. Here we are yes, talking about suckers. it. Suckers. Suckers. Um, and that ruined me yeah. as a kid, and I didn't go back to Games Workshop. Oh, I'm so sorry. Pretty much until this point. So fast forward twenty something years later, and I'm psyched that this is my opportunity to get back into what I loved as a ten year old. Exactly, and, yeah. and 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 to to revisit something so you, that we have such an exclusivity yeah, yeah, yeah. and such a knowledge on. It's yeah. You'll see more in episode two because there is there's, there's so much more that we're going to dig into. So uh, I suppose until. Next, I'll, I'll, I'll get some tissues for them. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking, should I, should I implement some sort of violin, solo violin music as I'm t- telling that story? We could Now, if you'd like to play your own violin music in your head, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> some people will sympathise with you. Some people will... Well, it was a tragic tale, but I'm like very grateful tale. to yourself and to Thomas for allowing me the opportunity to, to get back to back to the workshop. Back to GW stuff. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time.